It's partly cloudy and six degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. As Alberta grapples with one of the worst fourth waves of COVID-19 in the country, help is on the way. Minister of Public Affairs Bill Blair says medical professionals coming in from across the country will be ready to get to work on Monday. They include eight critical care nurses from the Canadian Armed Forces, but it's not yet known where they'll be deployed. The Canadian Red Cross is also sending as many as 20 medical professionals, some with ICU experience, who will likely be sent to Red Deer. Premier Jason Kenney says the help means the province will be able to staff another four or five ICU beds and will hopefully create more capacity for surgeries. The southwestern portions of the Ring Road is now open. Details on that in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I'm looking out my window at some more marathon closures. Richard Road is going to be closed between Mount Royal Gate and Peacekeepers Way. This is going to be happening until 11.30 a.m. The Love You by Shoppers Drug Mart program is committed to advancing women's health. Visit shoppersdrugmart.ca slash loveyou to learn more. From the CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. The Southwest Ring Road is now fully open, but Seth Cardinal Dodging Horse is asking people to boycott it. Last year, when the freeway partially opened, Dodging Horse went up to the podium, spoke about how his family home had been lost to the project, and cut, cut off his braids in protest. Yesterday, Dodging Horse repeated his opposition at the opening ceremony. I strongly say do not drive on this road and do not drive on Sutina Trail. I know people won't listen to me. I just want people to know that I am against this road and I'm against what it stands for. Mayor Nahed Nenshi countered that the Ring Road project was agreed to by the elders, the knowledge keepers, and the chief and council of the Sutina Nation. Some BC businesses are cutting ties with China and trading with different Asian or European markets following the release of Canadians Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor. Surrey Board of Trade President Anita Huberman has heard from local companies who say the men's imprisonment made them reevaluate their dealings. But one Vancouver general contractor who imports building supplies from China says low prices and quality goods will keep him taking his business there. A bomb has targeted the entrance of a mosque in the Afghan capital, leaving a number of civilians dead, a Taliban spokesman said. The bomb Sunday targeted the Eidgah Mosque in Kabul, where a memorial service was being held for the mother of Taliban spokesman Zabiullah Majahid. No one immediately claimed responsibility for the attack. However, since the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan in mid-August, attacks by Islamic State group militants have increased. The rise has raised the possibility of a wider conflict between the two extremist groups. Taking a look at sports... Malik Henry and Sean Bain scored their first ever CFL touchdowns of their careers for the Calgary Stampeders in a 23-17 win over the visiting Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The Stamps move out of the West Division basement with three wins and five losses ahead of the Edmonton Elks at 2-5. and five. Calgary head coach Dave Dickinson says it wasn't a pretty win over the Rough Riders, but it was one Calgary needed. We're a team that's still battling really hard. We're not playing that well. We're not, but we are grinding and uh, we needed this win badly and it was nice to get. The Stampeders face the Rough Riders, who are 5-3, and three, two more times this month. The Calgary Flames also picked up a win last night in a 4-1 victory over the Seattle Kraken. The Flames head to Edmonton tomorrow to take on the Oilers. Global News Sky Tracker weather, a bright, sunny, but windy day today, reaching a high of 19, clear and not... Clear overnight with a low of 9 
and a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 17 tomorrow. Tuesday will be sunny and 21 and sun and cloud and 11 for Wednesday. It's six degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update will be at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. It is October the 3rd. And again, the weather just keeps giving us this beautiful fall weather. The autumn, the colors are unbelievable. If you haven't had a chance to get out, go for a drive around the city. Um, it's amazing what you'll see out there. It's just gorgeous. And even like the 22X, if you go like this five minutes west or it's just amazing. It almost feels like you're in the Okanagan, like this, the colors and the, the foliage. It's just beautiful. So if you get a chance, take the time and uh, get out and enjoy our beautiful surroundings and and do a little bit of uh, investigating what's out there. And one thing you can do if you're in the southwest part of the city, the ring road is now open. I used it last night. We went to the football game and I live in the deep south, so <laughs> I'm not sure if it was either Deerford or that one, but definitely wanted to try the try the new ring road. As uh, when I was working in the in the far south, like 30 years ago, I remember thinking, "Oh, in four or five years, this ring road's gonna be ready." And uh, well, finally, here we go. So it'll be it'll be nice, and uh, so and it's a it's a great road, nice and wide. They've done a great job, and it links finally to the 22x. So if you're heading out to spruce it up or anything in the south end, it uh, sure makes it a lot nicer being able to just cruise along there all the way from West Hills all the way to the 22X. So anyways, if you get a chance, check that out. It's always lots of fun. Um, I always like cruising around our city. We have pretty good roadways and stuff like that for the most part. And this should lighten up a bunch of the interior um, road so make it a little bit more stress-free on Monday hopefully for everybody coming from the far north and if you'd like to join me we can talk some gardening we want we don't need to talk ring road um, you can give me a shout 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770 if you'd like to give me a shout that'd be great Good, Jen. She's going to come in and let us know what's going on. We have a few fall things at the store, a few tropicals. We're going to chat with uh, with her and then Mark from Prune It Up as well. We're going to fill us in. We're getting close to the last week or so of uh, the deep root fertilizing, and elm trees are back in in the in the realm of of pruning. You can we can prune them again. So. Mark will fill us in on a bit of stuff, what you should look for going into winter on your trees and shrubs. And, of course, you can just call in for anything else that you want to chat about, 403-974-8255. few little things um, I want to mention. We've, we've had very little moisture. We've had no rain or anything. So what I would recommend is get out, hose down all your evergreens as much as if you could. Today's a great day to do that. Just hose them, get the hose, the union nozzle out, spray, just start at the top and just start spraying through it. And then all that water will wash out. It'll go through all the foliage, drip all the way down, and it drips perfectly into the drip line of the tree. So I, I would recommend doing that if you could. Get out and 
give those evergreens a good hosing down, your junipers, your big spruce trees. And then once it dries off a little bit later in the afternoon, when it warms up, actually it's already plus eight. You can, uh, if you have some tender evergreens like the cowrie boxwood or some cedars or some of the junipers, um, now is a great time to start applying your wilt proof. And that's the anti-desiccant product that uh, I like to call it the lip balm for your for your tender evergreens. It just seals in the moisture because it looks like we're shaping up for another dry fall. So this is where we got to be in control and help out Mother Nature and uh, make sure our trees get watered in really well. I'm going into fall because this is where you get that winter desiccation, especially on, I had one of our listeners in yesterday, we were chatting, she had a, it was a plum tree, beautiful plum tree, but she started getting some sections of it dying out over the last couple of years. So a lot of that is just winter desiccation. So right now is when you want to water your trees. I know a lot of people have had their irrigation blown out already because, and I feel for those guys, they're trying to get it all fit into the season before it freezes up. Um, so if you have to do some manual watering, now is the time to do it. Those circle hoses are great. And, uh, so get out, give them, give them trees and, and all that, a little bit of water. Also great time to amend your beds. And, uh, we'll chat a little bit about that later on as well. And, uh, and then go from there. Got a couple of questions already. Oh yeah. One of them was already, yeah, our condo complex has turned off the sprinkler system. Should I continue to water the trees and shrubs? Absolutely. I, I, I recommend if you can do it right till freeze up. And then if we get some of those warmer days throughout, you can add a little bit here and there. But if, if you do the work now, you'll get that uh, that freezing in and get the ground so it stays frozen for the winter, which is which is great. So, And then Gail shared a gorgeous picture. She had this uh, um, beautiful begonia, and she she goes, still, still saving. She's going to keep it for the winter. Yeah, you just got to be careful that you don't lose it, uh, just watch the temperatures because they can take very little frost. So uh, move that in. I got a banana plant yesterday. It's about a foot high. We're going to grow it in the house (coughs) over the winter, and hopefully it gets nice and big. I'm going to move it outside um, for the springtime. I'm going to use it in one of our planters. Got that idea, Chris, who who runs our Green It Up, our, our gardening service that we do. Um, she had us over to her house and we looked at, uh, she had beautiful gardens and she, uh, used a banana plant in some of her planters. It just gives you that tropical getaway feel, these big banana leaves and just gorgeous. So, um, I'm stealing Chris's idea, but I think she'll like that. (laughs) Anyways, thanks for that, Chris. I appreciate it. And also got a couple more pictures. The geraniums right now are beautiful. Um, out there, if you just see that, because in this cool weather, you'll get the pigment coming out in the flowers, and then also just in the foliage. It just—it's beautiful. I was in—we uh, did go for a pizza, my son and I, uh, the other night. We went to Tops, great pizza, by the way. So if you're looking for a good local South pizza place, that was really good. Went to Tops, and but the geraniums outside that shopping center. It's where the Italian market, that big, there's sort of a shopping center there in Fairmont. Um, but the geraniums and the coral foresters that they had in their planters, just stunning. Like, they just look gorgeous. So 
and my son's uh, working with the, in the landscape uh, crew right now, and he's, he really wants to learn more about plants. So whenever we're, we're walking through different places, I'm always quizzing him. He's getting pretty good. He got the he got the coral foresters. He got the elm trees and the and the geraniums. We'll work on that one. So, anyways, we're we're learning as we go. And I'm just going to see, is Jen on there there? Awesome. I'm going to pull up Jen. We're going to see what's going on down there at Spruce It Up on this beautiful morning. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Merle. Here I am. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. You know, good. Like, uh, I, missed, I missed you guys last weekend. Yeah. No, yeah. you're off uh, dirt biking in the mountains. So I was. Yeah. It's fun. That's pretty awesome, though. You get to see some beautiful nature and... Uh, Oh. Out on a bike. It's true. Yeah, where we were training, um, it was a cow pasture as well. So where my car was parked, <laughs> I came back to my car and I had all these cute little cow prints, nose prints all over my car. <laughs> but yeah, it was awesome. But it's good to be back. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and we're glad to have you back. Thank so you. Um, we're going to fall. We got some great looking plants still, um, some perennials and uh, and some other some other things if you want to spruce up your the front porch or whatever what do you got going on down there yeah we still got the mums and some pansies and some um ornamental kale um we have well in the for perennials i think that's it for the most part for the annuals and we will be be bringing more in sort of as the season goes as well um that's what i've been kind of working on just now and and coordinating with you and then the, for the perennials, I know people are, we still have some Carl's in one-gallon pots, some Carl Forster grasses, and um, some sedums, some uh, geraniums, some perennial geraniums. Any coneflower? Uh, they're thin. They're thin. It's, you know, people are still coming in and shopping, so we're, we're slowly running out of, of stuff. Yeah. Um, I know you kind of looked at me when I ordered a uh, hundred of those echinaceas. You were kind I of did. Well. I looked at you sideways, and they're all. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I did, Merle. What are you doing? But um, no, you're right. I mean, you all know, weird. Hey, you know what you're doing. But uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> awesome. The stuff is is going, and and we still have like the little bits, and a lot of it are in the show pieces, kind of right in the front, so people can see them when they walk in. But. Uh, yeah. yeah, Terry's been taking charge and sort of doing some of the landscaping around and yes. doing some of the pots. Yeah. Um, and he's doing a great job on that, like the ones in the parking lot and the ones in the tree lot. He used that purple fountain grass. And I've never seen it look so good in a pot because it, it's, I guess, because when you buy it, sometimes it looks kind of straggly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really going to go against that because I took. I planted my stuff a little bit late, so I got kind of the leftovers, what was left. Right. And it's and it's amazing how well everything did, though. I just once you pot it, it just roots in and just sends out all that new growth. And yeah. uh, so, if if you are buying annuals and they don't look perfect, don't worry, they're going to grow. Like I was totally surprised. Like it's uh, true, Merle. And and you mentioned the geraniums too. I have a neighbor, and her geraniums are still out, and they're. I can't stop. I mean, I drive by her place, and it's all I can do not to focus on the road it, because they just the colors are stunning and yeah with a this time bit year of the, yeah. yeah and you get those cool nights on the geraniums you get the pigments the leaves turn really deep green and the flowers just seem oh. to push 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 more color it's so not it, it's it's, it's yeah. not it's and it feels like maybe it's just less hard on the plant right the heat of the summer and like you were mentioning the cooler nights yeah. and stuff so yeah it's crazy and i and and Terry did that experiment with that purple fountain grass with the petunias. That's the one you're talking about, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, he wanted and to because I think he saw something, but uh, it worked. Yeah, yeah, no, they're gorgeous. And so when you see them in a one-gallon pot, sometimes they're so root-bound, they kind of start yeah. looking straggly. Yeah. But Terry planted that one late in the season, and it's absolutely stunning. Like, it's beautiful. It so is. People comment all the time. What is that, guy? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. So, he does so we got to make sure too. we take a picture of that. <laughs> Yes. Um, and put it on your sign next next spring and summer in the in the annual section, so we have okay. a, a record of that one because it, well, it is beautiful. So. It's true, and and people don't they can't appreciate in the beginning, right? With the sparseness at the beginning, they don't understand how quickly they actually grow. So yeah, yeah, no, and he's been, and he's been I know he's been feeding them with the fifteen thirty fifteen sort of once a week, so that all helps. So. Um, that's awesome. So what about in the tropical section? Anything new? I, I picked up a banana plant yesterday. I know you had a few of those. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to grow that. I'm going to grow that through the, through the winter time. Okay. And, uh, I can't wait to hear about it, Merle. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. hopefully that and lemons. I'm going to have my old tropical, um, patio next next summer That's with my lemons awesome. and bananas and, and come over for <laughs> come over for uh, banana daiquiris and uh, <laughs> that sounds awesome okay and, i'm and in lemon I'm margaritas in. Right, uh, we'll i bet the rest of us goes. are in yeah no uh, the um just reminded me that sensitive plants i have photos i i've forgotten to post them myself but the sensitive plants that we have those mimosas have been blooming yeah. and they're the neat kind of like a fiber optic sort of pink flower with yellow on the end it's the coolest prettiest bloom um so that's been I know you guys were laughing at me when i walked by that the other day i was touching oh. the sensitive plant it was i think it was jess and you or, or jess you and wait, lisa you were touching the like leave it alone yeah, yeah. Through, i know yeah, i look back you guys are laughing at me i'm just like <laughs> i'm just touching the plant it's fun it's well those they're so neat and, and every time anybody uh, brings a child in i love to show them the plant that plant are you saying i'm a child are you saying i'm a child curiosity it's all good it's all good oh, that's appreciate that yeah, yeah no it's, it's cool our trap house has been so fun chris has been helping us out um and uh, just with the plants the hoyas we've got i ordered more dishidia which not everybody knows about but some people do um we have you gotta be careful saying that word on the dishidia. radio dishidia dishidia <laughs> oh as i say it four times but um yeah no it's it's <laughs> it's i'm trying to think of what we have um we have alocasias we have so much uh, we're trying to stay on top of what's kind of trendy out there and, and get that in here and, and take care of our plants. That's been kind of the main thing. We do fertilize our plants. Uh, we do take care of them. We do look for any kind of issues or dead growth. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. So yeah you, you and the team there have, have done a fabulous job and I'm very proud Thank of that. You. And it looks, it looks awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll let you go, let you get back to, Thanks, Bob. to the tropical house and uh, see what's going on down there. It was, uh, it was nice and busy yesterday. There was a few people coming through. Mm-hmm. It's yep. it's it's just good to see, and again the new ring roads open. So people, if you want to come right. from the south, it's a nice. Like Brad texted me, it took him twenty four minutes from Bonas. Really? So so that's pretty good. Like that's- that used to be, he said a forty minute cruise. So he he knocked fifteen minutes off the um off his drive. So that's good. That's awesome. Good job, Brad. Uh, all right, thanks, okay. Jen. We'll talk to you. You bet. Bye. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll take some calls and some texts. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's only year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. 
And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. You can call me at 403-974-8255 or at a town, 1-800-563-7770. And I got a quick uh, request. We're talking about all those beautiful geraniums. And uh, Lori's just asked... uh, how can it can I bring them inside or what can I do? And absolutely, geraniums that's actually one plant they don't mind coming inside for the winter time. I kind of treat them like a house plant when I first bring them in, I clean them up, transplant them into new soil, cut them back a bit, pull some of the blooms off. <coughs> um, just make sure there's no bugs, maybe give them a quick shot of pure spray green or something. And uh, and like I said, when you transplant them. And then just bring them in the house. If you any, if, if it's long and leggy or something like that on some of it, you can cut them back at this time. And then just bring them in, put them into the one of the brighter spots that you have in your house in front of a window and uh, and do that. And then just treat them like a house plant throughout the winter win, winter time. Um, continue to feed them sort of once a month as lots um, with a 15, 30, 15. And if you do want to take cuttings, so around January – just cut about 20% off the top, just trim it back, and then it'll send out a whole bunch of new growth at that point. So once you get into February, March, and about mid-March, if you want to take some cuttings, um, it's easy to do off the new growth. You'll take about an inch or so, little sections, put them into some rooting hormone, into soil, and they root up actually really quite easy for that. If anybody's done the geraniums the other way where they hang them in the basement or or something maybe give me a shout let me know how you do it and the success you've had because i've never done it that way but i've had people ask about it and things like that um and i've seen the dormant geraniums in some basements and things um so give that a try and uh and uh, but if you've done it let me know and uh so we can share that knowledge with our rest of our listeners would be great. And we'll go from there. And I'm going to do a couple more texts. Here we are. Merle, is it okay to relocate our perennials now, or should I wait till spring? Actually, right now is a great time to do that um, for your perennials. It's the ground's warm. Everything's downloading into the, into the, into the root system so it's a perfect time to do that for sure so i would uh if you're looking to do that dig a hole get it ready dig your existing uh, perennials or if you're splitting them or divide them try and get as much as you can put them on a tarp make sure you're using a good sharp shovel so you're not tearing the roots you want nice clean cuts so and and you should have no issues at all you can use the mics if you want or you can transplant you could use um, like a 15, 30, 15, if you want to add that in there. Um, amend the soil with a little bit of sea soil, something like that would work really well. And But yeah, so right now is a good time. Got another one. My Norwegian maple got hail four years ago. Now there's a deep crack. Now there's a deep crack through the middle of the tree and about four feet up. There are now branches going out near the bottom. Should I cut those off? If so, when's the best time of year? Yeah, I would take the bottom ones off. As far as that crack, um, I would definitely, um, you can seal that up with lac balsam or something like that. And uh, and that should help it get through the winter. And then Rage Plus it, and that'll make a big difference. 
And right now I'm going to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. It's partly cloudy and 6 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Help is on the way for exhausted Alberta nurses. The Canadian Armed Forces is is expected to be in position tomorrow to decide where to deploy eight critical care nurses to help fight the fourth wave of COVID-19 that has overwhelmed the province's intensive care units. Two Transportation Safety Board investigators are gathering evidence as they try to figure out why a small plane crashed in Ile Saint-Hélène near Old Montreal. Last evening's crash killed one person and sent another to hospital. An erupting volcano in the Canary Islands has blown open two more fissures on its cone, sending streaks of molten rock towards the Atlantic Ocean. Scientists have recorded eight new earthquakes and say the volcano is very aggressive. Sunny in 19 today, clear in 9 overnight, 17 with a mix of sun and cloud for tomorrow. It's 6 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Sandra. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. I have a couple of questions. Uh, I have some quack grass in my front lawn that is gradually spreading. And uh, I also, in that same front lawn, um, it's sort of... The quackgrass is is limited to two areas, and there was a tree sort of like there as well. So to the left and to the bottom of the tree was where the crackgrass was. Now we've yeah. removed the tree, and we're kind of, you know, removing roots and all that kind of stuff. Should we need to re-landscape where the tree was? So I'm wondering whether we should just spray the whole of the grass area with Roundup, kill everything off, and yep. then... Absolutely. And then, that's that's your best bet. Yeah. If you just want to start fresh. And I would probably do that today. It's going to be a nice warm day. Um, it'll give time for the Roundup to get in there, get it absorbed, and do its thing for the next week or so. But try and let it leave it as long as possible till it totally goes brown. Because then that way the root roundup gets down into the root system of the grass. Otherwise, if you just do it on top and you start pulling it up, um, sometimes the the roots are still alive down there. So you just want to be as patient if you can, like leave it a week or two. Well, we thought we would just let it sit till spring and then remove Perfect. everything in the spring. Yeah. That's that's even better. Okay. Yep, just spray so, it all out. Do it first thing so in the what spring. If I- what if I can't, like, I don't, I have a flower bed out there. I want to be careful not to kill the, the perennials and stuff in it, the flower bed. Roundup is pretty safe. Just just do it on a non-windy day. Like today seems not too bad. <clears throat> Keep your sprayer low. Roundup only kills what it touches. Once it hits the soil, yeah. it neutralizes. So um, just just keep it. Keep your sprayer nice and low and uh, and you're fine. As long as you're not getting no wind drift and stuff like that. And if it touches the bark on trees, it's fine. It this yeah. what it does. It attacks the chlorophyll in the leaf and then stops it and then gets sucked in that way. So yeah, we weren't sure if it, if it was too late to use Roundup. Uh, which no, is we're going to the weather. Yeah, with the way the weather is, the next couple of days gonna be nice and warm, and some of that quackgrass and that is still actively growing. So 
it should be uh, it should help for sure. And if you get a little bit coming up, it'll be one of the first things up in the spring. If you notice a little bit, give it a quick shot early spring, and right. uh, and just knock it back down. But you'll get the majority of it this fall for sure. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, and good luck with that, Sandra. Should be Thanks. good. Bye bye. All right, and. All right, I got a little bit more. I'm going to go to one more call. I'm going to go to Lucille. Good morning, Lucille. Good morning to you. How can I help you? Absolutely. I've been listening to your program for years. uh, Thank you. And I really enjoy your show. Um, Thank you. I have a wild rose bush at the front of my house, which faces east. And I, I don't know, about 10 years ago, I decided to cut it right down to about six inches. And it took years to grow back. Um, now it's about goes five, six feet, and it's wild. It's gone like the bushes are wild. Can I cut that? Absolutely. Yeah, you can. It, it's good to first look and see if there's any dead or damage or disease branching first. Remove all that first. Okay. And then kind of see what it looks like. But then, if you want to shape it, yeah. I, I would even just wait. Take off what you kind of want right now. But I would wait more till spring. Because then that way, if there's any winter kill, um, you're not going to go into the good growth where you want it to be. If you leave it taller, yeah, then the winter kill will affect the tips more so. And then when you want to shape it in the spring, it'll you'll see where the new growth is. So it makes it a lot easier to to shape it properly and uh, and according to where the new growth and stuff is. Now, what what month do you consider spring? Well, May, like when we start seeing the May, new green okay. coming up, you, I, I always wait to see new growth coming, like new when growth. you see the okay. green buds popping, because then that'll okay. tell you a little bit more of what's what's alive and what isn't alive. So, Okay, uh, I, that was the question I was going to ask you, when I can do it, and you answered it. Question. Now, I have an apple tree, and for, for the straight, you know, I've been here for 20 years, and I'm finding that I had about six apples, uh, off of my tree this year, where before I get a, a bucket full, um, can I prune that? And when should I do it? Um, now you can prune it now, but again, unless it really needs, like if you're doing some heavier pruning, I'd wait till spring. And just be careful with your apples. You don't want to leave big wounds and stuff like that as well. And what's the reason a lot of it you're not getting the, the fruit production is make sure you water really good in the fall. So with all our fruit trees, because they need to go to bed and with that moisture. So that way, first thing in the spring, when they go to leaf out, because they're doing three things. They're they're creating leaves, they're creating flowers, and then they're going to create the fruit right away. So they need a lot of energy. So they need to be fed well and watered well going into the fall. And then in the springtime as well, when you start seeing the buds, it's important to water our fruit trees because, like I said, they got to produce leaves flowers and then fruit but they yeah. need the energy to do that so just and like I a good olympic athlete year. i yeah. didn't do that so, this year okay and, yeah so make and, sure you, you get it back on track so even like a day like today if you have a soak rose um go there give it a good soaking around the drip line and yep, uh it, it'll, it'll perform it'll give you more more in the spring the more you if you give it a little bit now so just so water around the drip line uh, in yep. the spring and the fall, okay. And yeah, absolutely. Lilacs, lilacs I uh, cut all the dead wood in the lilacs, 
Can I top off the lilacs off the top instead of just... You can, but you'll lose your blooms on the top for next spring. So yeah. a lot of people like to wait till after it blooms, so enjoy the blooms and then trim it up. Um, spring again. And again, unless it has to, I would wait till after it blooms because then you don't open up those wounds for the wintertime. So I would I would leave it and uh, and then just trim it up in the spring right after it's done blooming, and then okay. you can shape it how you want it. Sounds good. All righty. I need. Thank you. All right. Perfect. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break, and when I get back, I'm going to chat with Mark from Prune It Up. He's going to give us some tree tips and stuff going into the winter, what we can do. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Mark Drozo. He's from the Printed Up Division. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Merle. How's it going? Good, good. Um, exciting week coming up. You guys are finishing up your, your deep root fertilizing. Yeah. and uh, Which is good. And and you're starting to get a, a bit of feedback from some of the clients. I hear one of them was making one of my comments that sort of after the, the second year, he's seen some seeing some results yeah like it, it does take uh a, a little while before you really uh, can see the the results and and really take advantage of it i guess um but yeah we had uh a, a listener um who lives on an acreage uh, with a bunch of spruce trees and some elm and uh this was actually their third going into their third season and yeah, he called and he's like, I'm staying on this program. What a difference. Like my trees are fuller. Uh, I've had less dieback in, in the, the spring. Um, yeah, he just, what, a, what a difference. And it was really good to hear because I, you know, like I, I definitely like to, to push for this. I think it's a more natural way to stay on top of pests and disease. So it's really good to hear that feedback and. No, yeah. absolutely. Well, you want to, and I know you and I both, we always want to make sure we're doing something. There's no quick fix to to these things too. When you have big trees, <laughs> it's a, it's a healthy lifestyle for your trees. That's similar to, to people, right? Just because I go on a keto diet today doesn't mean I'm going to be slim and trim tomorrow. It, okay. It's going to take me a bit of time. Yeah, so. I, I wish that was the case, right? <laughs> yeah, just the easy button, right? That doesn't happen. But anyways, um, it's, but it's the same with our trees, right? You have to create that healthy lifestyle for them. Um, the the care of the water, yeah, and that's, uh, that's key right now is is getting that deep watering in as well, right? You really want to uh, get get them to take in as much nutrients as possible and get ready for these winters. Like with these chinooks, it's so tough on them. You know, we'll go from you know plus ten to minus twenty overnight, and it's just so stressful. So you know, yeah. by by doing this, it just puts them in the right track and getting them set. So, absolutely. So, so what else? Like your elm trees are back. We're able to prune them yep. again now. So October first, the pruning bin was lifted. We're good to prune that now until April first. So yeah, we'll just go in and chase some big dead. Um, do a little bit of crown thinning. Um, you know, clearance pruning away from from houses or other structures. Um, yeah, just staying on top of it, like. If you can get your trees, your your deciduous trees on a three year rotation, um, then it's just going to be regular maintenance. So, um, you know, just kind of kind of plan for for that, and 
and then it's just like coming in and and you know if you had some dead wood or die back from over the winter then it's just that little bit of maintenance okay and then what about your evergreens i know i always love when you guys go in and do the the, the spruce clean out out the center because first time i looked, i said that seems like an animal but once you see it done it's i know i've talked about it a couple times like holy cow that looks good like it is your trees are like they just they they look like they're saying thank you like they say thanks for cleaning all that uh yeah dead wood yeah. out of me and this cleans them up so nice so yeah we we definitely get into that a little bit more here going into the colder months um uh, it's just so good for it because it creates that airflow um you know your your dead wood if you leave it for too long it just keeps working its way out to the tips and and then when you do get it done there there isn't much to cut it back to so you know if you can stay on top of it um it, it, your trees will definitely thank you you notice such a huge difference and we we do have some pictures on our instagram of before and afters of the deadwoods like if you if you have an opportunity just check it out because it's so you it's just so impressive to see because not a lot of people do it um yeah. and i remember when we were at that we were in that house in like bonavista and i stopped in just to say hi to the crew and and sort of see what's going on, and I'm looking up in the trees like, wow, that looks so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <clears throat> and you got how many calls did you get on my spruce trees are dying over the last two weeks? Um, probably about ten a day. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what, what's going on there? So, just, just normal shedding process. Um, if it's going from the interior out, um, yeah, it's just your trees. Uh, natural shedding process every three to five years they'll shed their needles so a lot of people see the color change and they get a little bit stressed out but you know when you notice that you can again be doing the deep watering um, get your your deep root injection uh, done so you can still uh, so you can help encourage new growth uh, in the spring Uh, yeah and break up that soil compaction as well because that's a lot of the reason why you'll see like more excessive Needle shedding is, is soil compaction. So when you do the root feeding, um, it, it just it basically aerates your soil and exposes those fine roots. So, you know, your tree is able to uptake more of the nutrients it needs. So, yeah, because you're doing sort of like a jet stream. You push the probe down in there and then, and then it's shooting water out, a fertilizer out in a, in a in bit of a di- high pressure. Yeah. Yeah. In four different directions. So, yeah, it, it's very, very beneficial. Um, the other thing too is, um, because we do get quite a bit of snow and I hate to say that word, but, uh, right now yeah. I really like to do shrubs as well. So if your shrubs are, you know, at that size that you want to keep them at, then now you should be doing every fall is just a light trim just to keep them that right size. And, you know, you'll start to notice a, a little bit less, um, uh, die back and stuff. So, because you're not. If you if we get a bunch of snow, it's not damaging branching and, and that sort of stuff. Well, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Mark, for taking some time out of your Sunday morning, giving us some tips on some trees. Not a problem. And I'm sure we'll chat some more in the next few weeks as well. But uh, if you need help with with your trees, give Mark a shout over there at uh, Prune It Up, and him and the crew will be more than happy to come out and give you a hand. Absolutely. Thanks again, Mark. Take care. Thanks. Bye bye. All right, and. I'm probably just going to take a quick break, and then when I get back, we'll hit the phone lines, 403-974-8255, and I'll keep that going for the rest of the show. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
All right. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. We're going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Jean. Good morning, Jean. Good morning, Merle. Hi. I've been How can waiting I help you? for a week to get on <laughs> so I could ask you this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My sister and I are always talking gardening. She lives up at okay. Wembley. But anyway, she read somewhere that if you put baking soda on your ground around your tomato plants that your tomatoes are sweeter. I never heard of such a thing, but I said, oh, I'll ask our gardening, gardening guru, Merle. He'll know. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't heard that either. Um, so I'm not, uh, again, there's a lot of times when someone does something like the, like I said, someone will put Coca-Cola into the soil and, and, and it, it makes, it, they grow really well. But mm-hmm. maybe they would have done well without it. Right. But I'm just reading it. Bicarb soda lowers the acid levels, which makes tomatoes sweeter. Before you plant your garden, scoop some soil and wet it with some water. They're saying like a bicarbonate of soil, it, it can help. So, Really? There you go. Yeah, mix one tablespoon of baking soda into a quart of water, and, uh, and then you can water it in that way. Mix it into the soil. Again, I, I just would be careful, just not yeah. too much, like like yeah. uh, too much of a good thing. But it mm-hmm. sounds like it could it could help out. So I'll be darned. Let me know. Try some without I, Gene and try some with, and let's see. Uh, next, uh, well, mine are ripening now. I I think it's kind of maybe too late. Yeah, too late. But it might be a but next, next spring, spring thing. Absolutely. And thank you ever so much. Love your show. Thank you. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. And I'm going to go. I got time. I'm going to go to Donna. Good morning, Donna. Oh, good morning, Merle. Uh, yes, Hi. I, was, I was calling in because you had asked a question. Other viewers <clears throat> had asked questions about uh, bringing geraniums in. Yes. And um, drawing them inside. My friend in Edmonton does it. <laughs> And like we're very close, and I've seen what she's done, okay. and she has very successful luck with it. And when she does, she just digs up the the geranium, and then she sh- shakes the dirt off and any excess leaves and et cetera. And then yeah. she she has a place underneath her stairs, and I guess you could use any place that's because uh, it's messy too. Uh, the leaves will dry up and. And fall off eventually, you know, after some time. But in the springtime, she just brings them out and plants them, you know, and and they survive. And she she has very good success with it. I've got oh neat. So it's sort of like a bulb, I guess, in some ways. That oh maybe dry them out. Yeah, like like if you bring your dry bulbs in, yeah, you sort of bring them in, shake all the soil off, let them dry out really well before you. And then store them into a cool, dark place, and yeah. so it sounds like it's similar. Well, that's good. Well, I appreciate the call because yeah, that's, I, 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 mean, I do I, hear those. I and haven't I bet done you it myself, it is but I've seen you know success with her, and I know how she does it. So she hangs them on a nail or a little string across wherever you can yeah. put it. Where it's you know, uh, you probably don't want it in a place where you've got some fancy furniture and stuff. But anyway. No. <laughs> In a cool, dark place, like, like you said, under the stairs or yeah. if you have a cool room or mm-hmm. or in the basement somewhere. 
So, and, and awesome. I have one more question um, yep. about trees. Um, is it too late to fertilize anything? I know you've talked about it before, but I... Yeah, right now is the time to... You can fertilize again right now at this time because um, all the trees are downloading now. Mm -hmm. So you, you can definitely fertilize at this time. Um, where, where you don't want to is what, back in August and beginning of September. But now that it's slowed down, all the trees are downloading the energy. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is just you're going to have that uh, that nutrients in the soil for it to uptake first thing in the spring. So, so it doesn't matter it if you do helps. it now or in the spring then? It, 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 it definitely makes it, it helps um, build up the soil, the phosphate. Okay. And if you have some blooming plants that haven't bloomed that much, it definitely makes a difference if you if you can get out and put a little 15, 30, 15 or, so or something the, into the soil. The 30... That one you thirty. What did you say? Thirty. Fifteen, thirty, fifteen. Yeah, um, I know you use that on your your evergreens and stuff. So you use that on your shrubs too, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely use yeah. that on your okay. shrubs as well. Okay. Alrighty. Great. Thank, Thank you, you, Donna. Okay. Bye. -bye. Bye. All right, and I'm gonna just read a couple of texts because I'm getting close um, to the to the time where we need to take a break. And also what I got going here. Um, good morning, Merle. Just wondering what else can I do to help this patch of grass right beside the wall? I did keep it water often. Is there any special fertilizer I should use fertilizer? Um, what the problem is, is it just it's up against a wall where there's just no sun. So those are really tough areas to grow or where the sun hits, it just dries out. You can try our fertilizer, but in that area, it looks like you got drainage going in there. I would talk to the neighbor between the two of you. I would do something nice. I would just get rid of the the sod in that area where it's kind of looks muddy and not really growing well, and maybe put some nice bark mulch or something like that. Just do a nice walking path, and then you could plant a couple of shrubs up against your place, like your neighbor has. And it looks like you have a beautiful spot. You're backing onto a at least a little pond or a lake. It looks gorgeous. So. I myself would just get rid of that grass in between. Another one that works really good is that rundle dust. It's a 10 mil rundle, works really good in between houses, creates a nice pathway that's easy to walk on and uh, and works really well. So I would look at doing that. And I need to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Sun and cloud and nine degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Eight Canadian military nurses are headed to Alberta to help deal with the flood of COVID-19 patients threatening to collapse the province's healthcare system. Officials with Public Safety Canada say the incoming assistance will be directed to the overwhelmed intensive care units, but the exact locations for deployment will not be known until Monday. Alberta Health Services has had to scramble and reassign staff to handle a surge of ICU patients, far above the normal capacity of 173 beds. Today kicks off Fire Prevention Week in the city. Calgary Fire Department Public Information Officer Carol Hanke says while kids have fire drills at schools, it's important to do the same at home. But unfortunately at home, we're maybe not as diligent at practicing. And so it's really important to sit down with your whole family, look at what everyone's needs are. I mean, maybe there's someone who is mobility impaired and what are the special considerations with getting them out of the house quickly and safely. 
Hanke says working smoke detectors and carbon monoxide alarms are the best way to prevent fire emergencies. Investigators in Alberta are hoping the public can help with a case where human remains were discovered in a utility trailer that was abandoned on a rural road. RCMP say a motorist reported the abandoned trailer northeast of Calgary on Thursday evening. They say when a tow truck arrived to tow the trailer, further examination led to the discovery of what appear to believe or appear to be remains of a female. Police say the trailer is homemade and has camouflage paint, and they're asking anyone who may have more information about it to contact them. Alberta game ranchers are lobbying governments in the province in a renewed attempt to legalize hunt farms. Steve Henninger reports. Alberta Elk Commission President John Cameron says allowing hunters to shoot animals raised on fenced-off private land could bring millions of dollars to rural communities and create more than 300 jobs. His group hopes to convince the province as well as rural municipalities to support the idea, but critics, including fish and game groups, wildlife scientists and environmentalists, say hunt farms help spread wildlife diseases. Many also object because they feel the animal doesn't have a fair chance to escape. Alberta previously rejected hunt farms in 2002. Steve Henniger, the Canadian Press. A Whistler woman has been hit with what officials say is a precedent-setting $60,000 fine after feeding bulk produce to bears over the course of one summer. The BC Conservation Officer Service says it launched an investigation in July 2018 and found a resident had been intentionally feeding bulk produce to bears throughout the summer. The service linked the feeding to three bears it had to kill in September of 2018 after the animals destroyed property and showed no fear of humans. A major oil spill off the coast of Orange County, California, has prompted officials to shut down the shoreline in Huntington Beach. Officials say a leak from an offshore oil rig dumped more than 476,000 liters of crude oil, creating an oil slick approximately 34 square kilometers in size. Battalion Chief Eric McCoy with the Huntington Fire Department spoke at a news conference late Saturday. Given that the spill exceeds 100,000 gallons, the Coast Guard has classified this situation in Huntington Beach and the surrounding areas as a major spill. Federal and state cleanup crews have been deployed to try to retrieve as much oil as possible. A Taliban Interior Ministry spokesman says at least five civilians have been killed after a bomb blast at the entrance of a mosque in the Afghan capital of Kabul. Kari Sarid Kosti confirmed the deaths from Sunday's blast. Initial reports indicate the explosion was caused by a roadside bomb and three suspects have been arrested, a Taliban official spokesman said. Taking a look at sports, last night was a good night for Calgary sports teams. The Stampeders picked up a much-needed win against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, outscoring them 23-17. The Stamps are in Regina for a rematch on Saturday, while the Flames beat the Seattle Kraken 4-1 in Washington last night. They head to Edmonton tomorrow to take on the Oilers. The dramatic final day of baseball's regular season is here. The Blue Jays can earn a spot in the AL wildcard game by way of a tiebreaker. A Toronto win today against the Baltimore Orioles and a loss by either the Yankees or Red Sox will keep the Jays alive. New York hosts Tampa Bay while Boston is in Washington. Global News Sky Tracker weather. A beautiful sunny day today with a high of 19 and the wind will pick up around noon. Clear overnight with a low of 9 and a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 17 tomorrow. Sunny and 21 for Tuesday. It's 9 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update will be at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And I'm going to go to the phone line right now. We're going to chat with Diana. Good morning, Diana. Good morning, Merle. It's hey, another beautiful you? day with sunshine, and it's gorgeous, but <clears throat> gosh, it's dry. Uh, a lot of people down here, like, it's way drier here than in Calgary, so... Absolutely. Um, so, how are the sweet peas oh, holding up still? Are you still got oh, some color bad out year there? for sweet peas. Bad year, because too my hot. well went virtually dry. Oh, and plus um, it's too hot, So, eh? I'm shipping in water, and I just gave up on just about all of them and went, like, as a priority of who gets water. Sorry, you've been lovely. So I'm sick of hearing people who go, oh, mine are still doing really well. I was like, that's nice. I'm glad they're doing well for you. Um, Only because it is unbelievably dry. A whole bunch of people have lost their wells. Um, It's incredible. My question, Merle, was an odd, obscure little plant I've grown for two years called Clytoria. And I'm trying to keep it. The information I had said it should enjoy being inside under a light for the winter, but it doesn't seem thrilled. It has the most stunning blue flower I've ever seen. And I would like to keep it going, but I'm a bit stuck here. As in Um, knowing what it wants or what to do with it. Well, most of those, like, and you you, were, you said you were growing it outside? Oh, well, no, it was in the greenhouse all year because it loved the oh, heat, okay. bloomed its head off, and then, of course, I tried to bring it in because it's getting cold in the greenhouse, too, and I know it doesn't like cold. No. Um, so it's lost all its leaves. I've given it a shot of pure spray because, um, you know, get any aphids or anything off yeah. it. Yeah, no, actually, that's perfect, and I've had lots of callers asking that. Um, oh, that pure question spray well. green is fabulous, isn't it? And then, and then bringing plants inside, the what to do. And yeah, you definitely want to give them a cleanup, just like you said. Give them a little spray to if there's spider mite or aphids or anything like that. You want to deal with that. I would That's just bring it, it in. It, it, it's probably. I think it's very similar. Like sometimes the citrus trees, when like when I move my lemon in, sometimes just okay. the transition from being outside to inside, they kind of go through their. Their fall process, yeah, okay, and they lose some foliage, and then it doesn't take too long right away. Then you start seeing the the new leaves starting right again. So I think you're doing the right thing. And then I would just I would just give it a nice little fertilizer. And did you transplant it as well when you brought it in, or Uh, no? I was too scared to do that, and it's in a fairly good sized pot. So um, you know what I mean. It, It I don't think it needs that right now. Um, I've got two, so I've got one under lights and one in a west window, slightly cooler, just to see if either which way might help. And they both lost um, their leaves in that? Yeah, they both lost their leaves. They've sort of got sprouts, you know, like new growth coming, yeah. but they're yeah. not happy. So that's what and, I think it did. Know. Yeah, <laughs> I think okay. it, they're just getting adjusted, Diana. They just need to uh, just to, to readjust and because uh, it's it's a different air when you're in the house too, right? Right. It's simply drier. You don't get the cool nights. You don't get the whole transition. You, it stays pretty consistent in the yes. heat as the well. So I, I, yeah, the flowers were so stunning. They were the deepest, darkest blue I've ever seen, like an inch across. They were just gorgeous. 
Did you? How was your humming, honey, hummingbird season down there? Did you get many uh, to your didn't garden? Didn't see or? a hummingbird all year um, this wow. year, which was very different. The wrens never came. Um, the sweet peas, you know, they had such a shock in June when it got, you know, uh, horribly hot, and then you know it just got drier and drier and drier and drier. So yeah, struggled. and the sweet peas don't like the super heat unless you can keep them well no. watered and that. But still, they don't they don't want that. They don't do really, really well, and when it's super hot, like they kind of fade out. I find quickly. That's it. That's it. They're not happy. And now, when it's cooler, and they should be doing something, is when I ran out of water and went. Sorry, guys. We'll try again next year. Um, yeah. Another. And do you plant, save Merle, any of your seeds sorry, from that? Um, do you well, save I your seeds at all? I frantically tried to save seed last year because I wasn't sure I could get it. Um, into the country because there was very few airplanes going back and forth and whatever, I suppose. So I was like, oh. So last year I went frantic trying to save seeds. This year I was still thinking of saving some, but then once it dried up, it was like I'd been deadheading so carefully that, no, I really didn't get very many. But I can get seeds from England still, so... um, Not too panic-stricken there. We're slowly back to normal. So We're getting back there, aren't we, bit by bit. Now, the yeah. other plant, where do I find another Brugmansia? I bought this, I don't know from your store where, but years ago, and it's done beautifully, but yeah. it hasn't bloomed for two years, and I can't find it anywhere. Here, just, just hang on a second. I'll just have a quick look at... Um, I just need to. Oh, okay. Those are the datura. So they're we like actually had lots of those. Yeah. Well, they're like a datura, but this one had the most stunning, like five inch long orange trumpets. It was gorgeous. Yeah, but you can get the orange, pink, white. Um, right. I had a big white one in my in my yard. We definitely have them in the spring, okay. Diana. Oh um, good. Oh good. Because yeah, I think we this kick the bucket. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're they're gorgeous, but they stink though, eh? Like the leaves and that, they stink oh. quite badly when you rub well, the leaves a bit sure, with your hand. The, yeah, Brugmansia doesn't seem quite the same. Yeah, Brugmansia seems. I think they're sort of very closely related, but not quite. Everywhere you know I'm reading, they're calling them the same. Like I'm just sort of googled it oh. really quick. Yeah, right. like they're basically calling them. There's just so many different varieties, but all of them, like the okay. angel's trumpet. And all them, they're they're calling them all the Brumangsia. So, oh, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh so. well, never mind. This has been lovely, and I think it's time to go. I'm sorry, the compost heap is over there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'll try. Did again you get those big year. thorny um, seed pods on it? No, it's never had a seed pod. Never had okay. a seed pod in all the years I've had it. And I mean, it's probably ten years old now. Oh wow. Um, so it's never had a seed pod, much as I hoped for it. Um, so it doesn't. That's why I'm thinking it's slightly different than the, you know, than Datura. Yeah. But um, definitely, and maybe it's very a little different. Maybe are you able to? Can you text me a picture to the same number? Um, no, I'm not good at technology. I'm, I was born in okay. the wrong century, Merle. Um, I hear you. Not really good at that. I wish I could. Um, All right. But anyway, I think it's. I think it's. If I find a picture, I'll send one to you. But it okay. hasn't bloomed for two years. The silly thing. So I've been nursing it along tenderly. Um, awesome. But yeah, the the um, I would love to be able to keep over. It seems to grow fairly. So easily I would just do that. Just be, just be patient. 
And I would just get it going through there. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling, Diana, and uh, stay safe out there. Yes, we're, we've got Thank wind you. now, so everything's getting blown to Lethbridge. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I Thanks, really Diana. am, well, I'm worried about my trees, too, because obviously I'm buying water now. Um, uh. And getting water to trees is, I mean, everything is so bone dry. But Yeah, use those tree bags, and so you're not wasting any water if you don't have an irrigation system or... Right. Um, just make sure you put it on nice and slow so you don't, especially if you're buying it, you don't want to be wasting it. So. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Right. Thanks, Diana. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right. And it's, uh, and for, for those of you who don't know, Diana is our sweet Pele. She has Bailey Hill greenhouses down in the Pincher Creek area. So um, next spring, I'm not too sure if she's open all all uh, season or not, but I think she closes for the winter here. Um, but she opens up in the spring, and she has all kinds of beautiful and uh, and different sweet peas and other things down in her garden center down well. And I just wanted to uh, pass on a little uh, morning through um, for Heather, and she just wants me to say a good morning. To her husband Robin, they always listen to the show, and uh, so, and but he's out at the campsite this morning. So I just thought uh, would uh, we're going to say good morning to uh, to Robin out there from Heather. So, anyways, thanks for listening and thanks for stopping by at the garden center as well. Say so sounds like you go there often. So thank you so much. Right now I'm going to take a quick break. If you want to join me on the phone lines, phone lines will be wide open. Four zero three. Nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Covers only year round full service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Steve. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Merle. Hey, how can I help you? Well, I seem to feel like a uh, mechanic that drives a car that doesn't run properly or a, an, <laughs> okay. accountant, an accountant that can't do his own taxes. I'm, okay. a, I'm a greenskeeper on a golf course, and I can't seem to keep my front lawn nice and green. Okay. I, I have would, a problem with uh, with actually grub is my problem, okay. I believe. Okay. Now, I can give you a quick rundown of what I've done throughout this summer to try to cure this problem. Yeah. Have you dug down and seen the grubs at all? Or, I Because have, there's also yeah. a lot of cinch bug going through um, Calgary right now as well or in our area. I'm so. out in Black Diamond. Okay. Okay. And so what, what, what do you got... What have you done so far? So far, what I've done is I've, uh, of course, got some of the Scott's uh, Grub Be Gone Max. Yep. And I applied the entire 1.4 kilogram bag onto my front lawn, which I believe is 100 square meters, which is what the bag says you should use. Yeah. 1.44. And then, of course, I watered it in and... Uh, over the next couple of weeks, I watered quite well, made sure that I probably put about a half inch of water on it over the next two weeks uh, in three different increments. And uh, 
noticed, went out and dug probably about maybe six weeks later, uh, went out and dug a couple of the hills up again and noticed that they were still alive. So I figured maybe a second application would be appropriate. So what I did the second application is I watered the grass the day before I applied it. Then I applied it again, the same amount, and uh, I watered it very well over the next two weeks. And then I brought, I have a uh, water roller so I could roll down all the hills and see if they reappeared. So I rolled probably three times over a a three-day period, and I had the the lawn extremely soaked and wet. So I rolled it, and it seemed like it, you know, kind of took care of the problem. And uh, then I noticed in the past couple weeks when I go out and walk on the front grass, you can feel that they're definitely back and they're... And that's what happens is sometimes if they've laid eggs, you got to try to... And that sometimes I like like the Wilson's is a grub out. Uh, You can hook it to the end of your hose and you spray it in. I kind of like that one um, as well rather than spreading some of the stuff because you're spraying right on and it soaks in. But I find you still need to do it, like if you do it one week, do it a couple weeks later just to get the cycle broken because sometimes you don't get the eggs and the other things that are in there. Um, so I would definitely do that as well. And, okay. uh, and and I have had some people use the Pure Spray Green on it. But if you're using like the Wilson's Grub Out and stuff, you should be under control. And what do you have fertilizing with? You probably have some good fertilizer from the golf course. or <laughs> I do. It's actually a, a, for spring, I believe it's a 32-15-2 or something to that effect. Okay, so, yeah, so you're using a similar um, as to what the Green It Up lawn fertilizer, um, we, we blended a 16-32-6, and it really works really well in our area because it builds up the phosphate, and like you know, it just... Yep. You water half as much, and it just creates a root system. And we've been using it for about five or six years here in Calgary. It's phenomenal. It uh, we get so many people coming back and buying because their grass looks so good. It just and it can withstand a lot of those helps with going through grubs and bugs, as you know, on a golf course. You create that healthy lawn, and yeah. you're going to have some good success. The other one is the nematodes. You can try that. I've heard some people say they've had good success with that, um, but. I do like the Wilson when you hook it to your hose because you do get a little bit of pressure behind it and you're sort of spraying it down into the soil. Okay, I think I'll try the Wilson. Now, is that something that I could apply at this time of year? If they're still actively in there, absolutely. Yep, and the weather still looks pretty good. The ground's really warm still, so um, a lot of those things are still active in there right now. Okay, would it be beneficial to dig a couple of them up and make sure that I still actually see them moving around? Um, I, I, w- I would dig. I would definitely dig down a bit and see if you see anything in there. <clears throat> but if you're if you're still getting some death and the and the grass hasn't recovered, I would say you probably still have them because, as you know, um, if you're fertilizing your lawn and things like that, they recover quite quickly if if they have the nutrients to recover once the problem is gone. So. True, true. And I noticed that it did kind of spruce up a little bit uh, mid-summer, but then it's uh, gone back to being yellow again. Yeah, yeah. so I would say there was still, um, the grubs were still in there, the second wave of them. 
Um, hopefully it's not like the fourth wave of COVID. So we only, hopefully you only go through COVID two waves. <laughs> yeah, uh, there well, you go. Multiplying pretty good. I don't know if they came if from our place, they originated and are over at the neighbors or if they came from our neighbor's place. But, uh, I think both of our lawns are infected, uh, pretty bad with them. Yeah. So and I maybe mentioned the neighbor and both you do it, then that definitely helps, but I would definitely look after it that way myself. For sure. For sure. Excellent. Thank you All very right. much. All right. Good luck, Steve. Thanks for calling. Yeah, Bye-bye. no problem. May, may I ask one more quick question? Absolutely. Uh, you talk a lot uh, when you're speaking with people about uh, a slow drip for their trees. Yeah. Is there a difference in a slow drip and using, I have Ross root tree fertilizers that I just hook up to the hose and I don't use any fertilizer. I just put water that deep down and I can do them, you know, in about... Uh, four or five minutes I can put a lot of water deep into the ground. Is there a difference in that in a slow drip? I, I, I still prefer that is good too. Cause like Mark was saying that helps loosen up some of the soil and things like that underground as well. Yeah. But I do like the slow cause with our soil depends if it's hitting the clay and if you're shooting that in there, if it runs off right away, if it creates a pathway and doesn't soak in, so I still like those sweating hoses. You put them around the drip line from up top and yep. just let it leave it for six, seven hours. That way you're not wasting any water. And then you just move it from tree to tree sort of every other day and, and just let it soak in nice and slowly. That way the, the soil really soaks it up. So I, I, if that makes sense. It does, yes. Yeah. Perfect. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Steve. All right. Appreciate Thank the you for again. the call. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, and it's good to see. Uh, and I did golf that, not the Black Diamond. I'm not sure if which one he works at, but I golfed at the Turner Valley. What a beautiful little course! And uh, just it makes you feel like you're on holidays for that uh, four hours when you're when you're out there on the golf course. So, uh, anyways, great to, great little course if you have a chance to get out there and golf there. Um, if you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. I'm going to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's sunny and 12 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. Alberta's ICUs will soon get some relief. The Canadian Armed Forces is expected to be in position tomorrow to decide where to deploy eight critical care nurses to help fight the fourth wave of COVID-19 that has overwhelmed the province's intensive care units. Some BC businesses are cutting ties with China and trading with different Asian or European markets following the release of Canadians Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor. Some local companies say the men's imprisonment has made them reevaluate their dealings. A Taliban interior ministry spokesman said five civilians have been killed in a Kabul mosque bombing and three suspects have been arrested. Sunny in 19 today, clear in 9 overnight, mix of sun and cloud and 17 degrees for tomorrow. It's 12 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Got a quick text. Good morning. I've planted 15, 12 inch high spruce trees in our pasture. I'm wondering if it would be beneficial to give a little Rage Plus right now and if it would help their chances make it through the winter. 
Rage Plus at this time isn't going to do a lot. More importantly, what I would do if I was planting spruce trees, I'd remove, make sure I remove all the grass around it. I'd put bark mulch underneath all of them and then just water the bark mulch in really well and the, and the trees themselves. <laughs> and a newly planted spruce trees, depending on where you got them, I would put them and I would spray a little wilt proof on them just to get them acclimatized to our sun and especially being out in the middle of a field. If we do get that snow, you get that reflecting onto them. And uh, so I would just give them that little bit of extra protection, give them a, just give the foliage, the needles a spray with the uh, wilt proof. And uh, that's an anti-desiccant and put the bark mulch around each one and this water them really well for the next three to four weeks until it freezes up until we get into November. And then that will definitely help um, you get those things through the wintertime because that's the hardest part. We can put those little guys out in the middle of the field. They get the sunburn right up against the snow. They get that reflection from it. So it's quite tough on them sometimes. So um, that would definitely help if you did those two things. Right now I'm going to go to Barry on the phone line. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Mel. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I've got a, a couple of questions on grafting. Um, okay. Wait, first of all, what is the be best time to graft uh, uh, onto In a the spring. Tree? Early spring. In the spring. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because that's when they're uh, actually, right now they're downloading everything and doing their thing. So you do it like... Even before, like this one, the this one things are just starting to you're just really just starting to see the bud swelling and stuff like that. That's the best time because that's when everything's actively growing. Um, the the tree itself. If you did it in the winter time, I think it would just stick there and dry out because it's not growing per se. Okay, good. All right, so early early spring then. Um, yeah. And and about a about a finger uh, diameter branch is about the right size. Yeah, yeah, no, so your pinky finger, maybe your second finger would be okay. Um, yeah, you don't okay. want to go much bigger than that. And there is some of those tools um, that you can do that sort of create like a like a dovetail joint you can use, or you can you can slice it and and then use the grafting wax and tape as well. Okay, and uh, here's the real big question: If I'm grafting a uh, a branch from an apple tree or a crab apple tree, a good size crab apple tree. All right. Yep. Uh, when I say good size, like a you know fairly good size uh, apple, um, can I graft those onto something like a, a spring snow, like an ornamental crab apple tree? Will they take? Um, I, I, I would think they will. Um, the only thing is the structure on a, on a spring snow is going to be quite like if you start getting some apples on that one branch and depending on how close you are to the main trunk, you might just create one that just flops over because it's, it's growth habit is pointing upwards, right? A bit right. more so. Um, and so you might get a bit more dangling on those one sides. Um, yeah. and it's okay. like, yeah, so this is a little different growth pattern, but um, from all my thoughts and uh, experience through this, I, I have no reason why it wouldn't survive because most of the crab apples and apples in our area, or pretty much all of them, are grafted onto a hardy crab apple rootstock that don't produce really great fruit, but they're nice and hardy and grow good. So that's why you always yeah. see a hook at the bottom of all the trees and that. So, 
Yeah. So, uh, sorry, either a spring snow or even a gladiator or ornamental crab. Uh, yeah, there should be no reason why they should. Yeah, if you're if you're grafting onto those, those should be fine. Perfect. That's all I need to know. Yeah, no, give it a try. Keep me posted on this, Barry. I'd love to see uh, see some of your progress. And uh, like you said, there is that little tool. I know we have some grafting wax and a few things at the store, um, but that works good. So it's uh, it's kind of a neat thing to do, especially if you if you're just looking to mess around a little bit and uh, and get some apples growing on something. So it's cool. Oh. All right. Well, I got to go down to your store to pick up some green it up fertilizer this week. So maybe I'll have a look for the tools too. Awesome. Thanks, Barry. We'll see you later. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. All right. And I got a bit of time left here. I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to talk with Charlene. Good morning, Charlene. Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Good. Well, I have a beautiful Toba Hawthorne I planted five years ago, and I live in uh, southern Alberta, extremely windy there off the mm-hmm. lake and it's been quite stressed the last couple of years so this year when it bloomed it came out and i'm like oh great i can't wait for the flowers because they start out light pink and then they get into that deep fuchsia you know and we yeah. had this major wind and it's like oh it blew most of the flowers off the tree and it just was stressed from that so now i have one branch that i know is dead and it's the leaves are small. They didn't produce as much, so I'm not sure it, what this to do. It sort of sounds like it's maybe starving a bit and and probably lacking water in the fall. Because is okay. this a house that you live at, or is this sort of like a cabin or recreational property? It's a cabin, but we we're there pretty much all the time and on weekends. And my husband is always we're always watering it. We also have a pear tree which is uh, directly across from it, and it yeah. did extremely well this year. The flowers are beautiful, and it it got probably three times awesome. the amount of pears as the year before. So I think this this Toba Hawthorne, we do have, it's in a rocky area, so maybe maybe the rocks are affecting it. I don't know, but the wind is... Well, it is, could be because um, you might lose more moisture that way too if the soil is like really high drainage. So anytime you water, you're going to lose a bunch of the moisture around it. So you might want to maybe dig out around it a bit, maybe add a bit more soil in around the root system there. Okay. But it, it or even mulch on top, like remove if there's sod or something like this. Add a little bit of bark mulch or something in that area, help hold the moisture because the same thing like a, and it's it's very similar to the pear. The hawthorn is a hardwood, so they really need yeah. this moisture in the fall to help okay. get them through yeah. the winter. So if it's yeah, in a little it dry a, area, yeah, so. it is in a very dry area and very windy. That's the thing. And then of course in the winter we have an extreme wind. It comes the wind comes right off the lake, right? So it's like almost in a wind tunnel too. So. My husband thinks yep. we should move it, and I'm thinking, no, I think they're pretty hardy. We just got there's something we got to do. Is there any fertilizer that I should be giving it? Um, I would worry more about the conditions itself because it sounds like you are out there watering. You can definitely do Rage Plus first thing in the spring. Okay, um, help Rage build that Plus. tissue back up. Yeah, Rage Plus. Get that. Okay. Get the tissues nice and healthy again. Get the life back into any of that dead wood. Um, okay. It does make a big difference. Um, okay. But again, I, w- I would work on the soil. So I would, um, if there's sod or whatever's around it right now, I'd remove an it's, inch or so of that. Yeah, there's no sod Try around. And, it's all rock. It's in a yeah. It's in a, we've so I'd get yeah so. yeah okay yeah. So around that one, I'd get rid of all the rock 
in that area sort of then you can just maybe use some edging of some sort or or a brick edge um create like a a larger circle around it where you can add some more organic material just in that area so that way you don't have to change your whole xeriscaping but it's gonna need it needs a bit more Oh, right. Okay. Well, I'll send you some pictures in uh, in the spring, the fall and the spring. So I should cut off that dead wood branch then this fall? If it is totally, if you're for sure it's dead, yes. Um, yeah, it's dark, it's black. And yeah, like, yeah, really, so, yeah. yeah, definitely take it off. Do it, prune it right down to the collar and definitely do that for sure. All right. Great. Okay. All righty. Okay. Thanks very much. Have a good day. All right. Thanks, Sherlyn. Thanks. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Sheila. Good morning, Sheila. Hello. Hi, Sheila. Hi, Hi, Sheila. Hi. How can I help you? Uh, yes, I was just wondering. Um, I've got a lot of uh, primula perennials and lavatura perennials. And have you okay. heard that some people are getting second, not blooms, but we had cut everything down and everything's growing like it's April or May, like the, the, the stalks on uh, the... Yeah, no, that happens when you when you do cut them down. Sometimes if they're done blooming, like I'll, I've done that with uh, lupins, and I'll get a second blooming session from them. And uh, so, yeah, you're just getting new growth coming up because it was still actively growing. So when you cut it back, it thinks, okay, all my seed pods are gone. It's sort of like deadheading. So I'm going to send out a new a new batch. Oh, I see. Okay, because I've never had this happen before, and I thought it was because of such. There's such, uh, you know, the warm weather, the heat. It, it, that definitely helps as well. Um, oh. so it depends now, on the timing when you cut them back because, um, like I said, if they if they feel they haven't formed their seed pods or done their reproduction, reproducing, they 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 re, they redo it again. They, okay, I got to get going. I got to produce some more seed. So that's why deadheading is really important for our annuals and, and, again, some of our perennials to keep them blooming. Right. So now, will, will I risk losing them next spring because they're not at all again? Nope. No. So just leave them. Nope. Be- just yeah, just let them grow, do their thing up until fall. Let them freeze off. Um, I, I like to leave all my foliage and and leaves and everything on all the perennials over the winter, and I rake any leaves into the perennial beds just to help with that winter protection. It also gives the ladybugs a place to hide. All that. So right. absolutely. Yeah, some of my irises and lilies I, I leave, but the lavatier were so big, like they were six, eight feet tall. Yeah. So I yeah, had so you could take them down to, to two or three feet or something. But it's always good to leave something. It's just Mother Nature's way. Because when we do get the snow or any moisture, it, it sort of traps it in that area and, and, and trickles it down to its root system as well. So it, I like to leave some of that because... Mother Nature has created those certain things and to help these plants get through the winter. So you want to accommodate that as much as possible. Okay, but I shouldn't have to mulch over the, the stalks nope. of 
Lavatera, they, they'll be fine. No, they're all hardy. Yeah. No, no I've, never, I've never had this happen. I know even my anemones are growing again, and some of my columbines are starting to grow again, like get green. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and when we get these warm years, like I was saying earlier too, the ground is still really quite warm, right. and we haven't had that killing frost yet. Like we've had, I've had touch of frost, like my um, canna lilies and and some of the stuff definitely got froze a little bit, and you can see it on your hydrangeas; they got a touch of frost. But that's only in the lower areas. There's some parts of Calgary where they haven't had any frost yet. Yeah, we and we don't. By I don't this we've had any here in Riverbend. There's been nothing. <laughs> so yeah, you're in a you're in a microclimate. See, we really you, you are. Tell here. me, I my river band's amazing. Like I I drive through there, and there's so many like just beautiful cedars and and things that don't grow really anywhere else as well. Right. Everything there looks healthy. Like I we've landscaped a few houses and and things in there, and I just when I'm in there, I'm always amazed at how well it's just that perfect little plateau in that area. Um, the trees and the shrub, uh, everything does really well. It's like a little little microclimate, so it's gorgeous. Right. We've still got tons of apples, like literally thousands of <laughs> Norland apples on the tree, and the tree hasn't started turning brown at all. It's still green as can be. Yeah, um, and so. like I said, and you see like cedars and healthy looking cedars right. in that area. Like they just they grow in that area. Like if you compare it to. If you go to some other places, like even some of the new areas in, in Cranston or Walden or wherever, they it's harder to grow. But for whatever reason, um, river bends in that perfect little plateau area. Plants love living there. So That's true. I, it, I know it, lots of years when other parts of the city get so hit so hard with snow, we seem to avoid it a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. No, um, so enjoy that. Enjoy yeah, that. Yeah, I will. I just have one more question. I'm going to dig up and transplant my primulas, which are perennials. Um, yep. Should I? Do I need to? Uh, I haven't done it for a long time. I, I know how to divide them. I just dig out the whole clump and divide it in four, and then make four yep. plants out of one. Do I just use some of that um, sea soil that I've got? Yeah, just mix it in. Do about one-third sea soil, two-thirds existing soil. Okay. You don't want to make it too rich for them, but definitely okay. mix that in. Um, and just water them in really well. And then even just mulch them over a little bit if you get some leaves or something just to help cover them for the winter. Um, and then water them in well so they stay frozen and don't desiccate on you. Okay. Thank you, Merle, for your help. All right. You're very welcome. Enjoy. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm going to do a quick text. Hi, Merle. I'm wondering how to save my dahlias over the winter. They didn't even bloom this fall. Not sure what I did wrong. Um, Probably... Just lacking the, the fertilizer, the 15, 30, 15 would make all the difference. And typically, if you have them in the ground, what I like to let them do is I like to let them freeze through the winter. Um, just that first freeze, and then they, they'll get that, they'll turn black. Just dig them up at that time, um, cut the foliage off, shake any of the excess soil. And if it's still warm enough, if it's above zero, um, leave them in the sun, let them dry out during the day. And if it's going to get cold overnight for those few days while you're drying them out, just bring them back inside or in a box. But before that, leave them, let them sit out in the sun, let them dry out. 
And then I like to just put them into a cardboard box or a styrofoam cooler and get uh, either some just dry potting soil, the soilless mix, or peat moss or cocoa moss, one of those ones, and just keep them in a cool, dark place until about March, pull them up, put them into a nice two-gallon pot, and then they should do lovely for you. They should get growing like crazy. But I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Hey, Merle. Good morning. I am. Um, my morning. sweet peas are fab. They're still going like crazy, and I deliver probably 20, 25 bunches a week to people. Awesome. Friends of mine, like that, need a little lift. Every but you're day. you're a little bit on the west side. I'm uh, on. In, yeah, I'm towards Brad Creek. Actually, I'm a between yeah, so, Millerville and, and that's, British. Yeah, so you're going to get those cooler nights, things like that, that they prefer. Yeah, and if I cover I cover if there's frost. So I've covered them about five times. It takes me about two and a half hours to cover them because I, <laughs> I have tons, right? But anyways, yeah. it's, they're still so beautiful, and they've been beautiful all year. It's been amazing. Um, yeah, also, so you get that yeah. little bit of cooler temperature, which will keep them nice. And yeah. So, yeah, and um, I watered so awesome. well. I watered well. Perfect. I, I, I have so many that it seems to it's taken over my life. I don't know if I have any other life right <laughs> now other than sweet peas. Um, yes, I do. The tomatoes I grew, I, I must have hundreds of pounds off that uh, ripe tomato I found on the counter. And so um, I picked the ones that were outside, I don't know, about a month ago and wrapped them in paper, and they're downstairs. Now, should they be in cool or warm once I wrap them? Cool. Okay, cool. so that's what I've got, boxes of cool ones down there that need a look. The ones in the greenhouse, I moved ones from outside into the greenhouse, and I'm probably picking, I don't know, five pounds a day. It's wow. amazing, and it's out of that ripe tomato I got. Um, but besides that, now that I know that, the other thing is I have one rock garden that's yeah. under two big spruce trees, and I can't seem to keep my um, plants alive over winter because it's too dry doesn't get a lot of um snow so should i cover it with leaves and then cover and then i thought this year maybe i just make a point of when it snows to cover that area and make sure it's totally covered that makes a difference yep pile okay. some leaves on there okay um that helps hold the moisture do okay. some snow farming definitely okay but if it's if it's a if it's a annual event where you're just it's not working out i would look at amending the soil add some more organic matter in those areas just to okay. help well, every year, because I've only done it a couple of years, I have that big bag of yellow soil. And so every year when I put my little plants in, there's it's mainly rock, but the yeah. little plants grow over the rock, right? So the thing is, is that I do give it new soil every year. They grow really good, but then the cold kills them. Yeah. So just cover it with leaves, then cover yeah. it with snow and just make, because it's never got snow, really. So just cover it with snow and keep the snow up there. Yes. Because I am carrying it up to the spruce trees up there anyway, so I could easily just spread it out. Yeah, no, okay. if you, yeah, get yourself that. And, uh, but none of, of that my plants farm. have died. I have all my geraniums, which I got from you, are absolutely stunning. And a lot of my plants I use for um, plant dyeing on fabric for my clothing. Yeah. And so, yeah, the geraniums are absolutely stunning on that. And uh, all my um, petunias and everything are still great. Dahlia, yeah, no, Petunia is looking beautiful right now still. Yeah, I just got a cover every few nights, but I'm sure Absolutely. by the time the snow comes, I'll be done. Awesome. Anyway, thank All right, you thanks, so much. Thanks, Jerry. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.
All right. I don't think I have time. I can try Duncan real quick. Okay. Sorry, I don't have time. Sorry, Duncan, Randy, and Sonia. I'll have to get back to you guys. Uh, um, Mary Gall's earlier in the show next week. Sorry about that. Um, anyways, um, get out there. Enjoy water well this week, and we'll get our garden on right here next week on 770 CHQR.